One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When somebody gets upset with you and says, take all your stuff and move out, sometimes you need to just maliciously comply to stick it to them. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, no outgoing calls? Take responsibility, please. A few years ago, I used to work at a doctor's office. My job would consist of sitting in a private room with two or three others and man the phones. Incoming calls, outgoing calls, appointment reminders, medication refills, doctor referrals, you name it. One panel of doctors tended to be very spoiled and demanded a lot from us on the phones. One of our jobs was to call every single patient, 100 plus, that was scheduled the next day to ensure they were coming and to fill any gaps in their schedule. If a patient didn't show, or if a spot wasn't filled, the doctors would come yell at us for not doing our jobs, despite this not being something we could control anyway. One day, we were short-staffed, leaving only me and one coworker to man the phones. We decided that one would take the calls, and one would make these outgoing calls that the doctors demanded happened daily, no matter what. If the phone queue got too long, we'd both jump on incoming calls for a bit and we'd switch roles every few hours. It wasn't perfect, but it was working. About noon, our boss showed up and said we shouldn't be making any outgoing calls since we were short-staffed. We explained that the doctors demanded these calls happen, and we explained our system that was getting us by. No go, we were told no more outgoing calls today, period. Nice. My coworker and I enjoyed a slower afternoon. Even when incoming calls were scarce, we didn't make outbound calls. The next day, some patients didn't arrive and some slots were not filled at all. The doctors were furious and burst into our room demanding why we didn't make the calls like we were supposed to. We explained that the boss had explicitly told us no outgoing calls. Then the rest of the day, the boss had fuming doctors and nurses lining up their office to complain about what had happened. We could hear it all through the wall, hours of complaining on top of not being able to do their own work. My coworker and I just sat back and laughed. Definitely one of the more underappreciated roles as far as the whole healthcare system goes. I guess depending on the office, these poor people can take it from both ends, grumpy patients and grumpy doctors. Needless to say, hearing this story, it's no surprise that you get some doctor's offices where the person on the other end of the phone sounds like they're miserable and would want to do anything but be there. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, Picky Karen does not want to listen to my explanation. I used to work at a Tex-Mex restaurant, you know, the ones that charge like $12 for a taco. I had a customer come in, and she asked for two quesadillas that were gluten-free, cheese-free, vegan-free, heck, I don't know, everything else free. I told her everything we normally put on it, and she said no to everything. So basically, all she wanted was our gluten-free wrap with lettuce and tomato. Okay, that's fine, but if I put it like this into the system, it'll be $12 a piece. I can just get you a lettuce wrap with tomato, and it'll be $2.25. I was even going to heat it up a little, the bread for her. I tried two times to explain this to her, and she interrupted me and said, I know what I want. I want the quesadilla this way, and if you can't understand this, then go get the manager. So I understood her. Got it made the way she wanted and brought it out. She gave me a smirk and was like, See, I knew you could do it. That made my blood boil and I was in shock that she was so dense. 
Once the bill came, she grabbed it and before I could walk away, she yelled, Um, excuse me? So loud that the surrounding tables all stopped. Yes ma'am, what can I help you with? I asked. Why the heck is it $24 for my two quesadillas? I said because the price on the menu is $12 each. She says, yeah, but I didn't get any of the included items. I say, yeah, but you ordered two quesadillas. Therefore, that's what you got charged. She, of course, spoke to the manager, who sided with me, and the lady paid her bill. The full $24 for those quesadillas. I did not, however, get a tip. No, 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 you don't understand. It can't be a lettuce wrap with tomato. It has to be a quesadilla. You're going to sell me the same ingredients under my label, darn it. Honestly, I think it may just be for the best that if a customer like this says, give me your manager, you just go and get them anyways, because, I mean, do you really get paid to deal with dense, aggressive people like that? Our next story is, by all means, eat your words. I used to work as a food receiver in a retirement home kitchen. I won't say the name, but I will say it sounds vaguely Nordic. When I took over as food receiver in the primary kitchen, I didn't have much training. I was just told, you helped the previous guy, you know the most, job is yours now. Over the next almost 8 years, I got that in place maximized for peak use of space. Every now and then we get a new head chef and they always made the mistake of trying to run it like a restaurant. Usually in about 2 weeks they'd realize that it was a different vibe and tone and adjust accordingly. Had a great head chef as a boss for about 5 years. He knew that since deliveries were food and to some degree perishable, my schedule needed to be a little fluid and flexible to account for late deliveries while not having me rack up overtime. We worked out a great system where I basically set my own hours and got everything done. Fast forward to a regime change, head chef was a tool, but with him came a woman whose job title was never told to any of us in the kitchen. We were just told she outranked all of us. First thing she did was decide I would no longer have a fluid schedule. My shifts would be posted on the board, like all the others, two weeks in advance. I didn't like it, but okay, fair enough. Cut to about two weeks later, I had to leave early for a dentist appointment. That had been submitted and approved months ago. I reminded her the day before and day of. Day after, she gives me a dressing down and a written reprimand for leaving before the end of the scheduled shift. She told me she didn't care what happened before, she never had papers for this request. Luckily for me, the head of the entire dining department, even above the head chef, told her she had been given all those time off approved papers when she started. And if my shift didn't reflect my pre-approved leaving early, it was her fault for not paying attention. Unluckily, she decided to take it out on me, saying that from now on, once the schedule's posted, no changes unless it's in writing and signed by both of us minimum of two days prior. No exceptions. I looked at the calendar and saw I'd have to get fun and get payback. See, being a food receiver, a monthly job of mine was to do end of month inventory on all food, beverage and cleaning items. I had actually created the inventory paperwork myself. So instead of being alphabetical, the items were all listed together based on which area they were stored in. Dishwasher, chemical closet, freezer, dry food storage, soda syrup room, etc. Meaning after a few months, I could go room to room quickly and be done in less than two hours. Catch was, it had to be done either last thing, last day of the month, or first thing, first day of the month. And you could not do two in the same month. With no weekend deliveries, I worked Monday to Friday. Now, under the old head chef, if I had to do it on a Saturday or Sunday, I'd just come in and do it. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Then leave early on a slow day, canceling the extra hours. And lo and behold, this was one of those months where inventory would have to be done on a Saturday or Sunday. These she had me down as off on the calendar. I grinned like Tim Curry in Home Alone 2 or The Grinch and waited. Sure enough, last Friday of the month, she asks me, which day are you coming in to do inventory? I told her I wasn't. I was scheduled off. She goes into a tirade about, it's your job. You don't tell me no. I'll have you written up, etc. I calmly told her making the schedule was her job and responsibility, not mine. This earned me, I don't care what the schedule says, you're coming in this weekend. To which I sweetly and sarcastically asked if she had a paper signed by both of us and dated no later than yesterday about us agreeing to the switch. You know, I said, the policy you created when you got called out by head office for not properly handling my scheduled early shift? If smartphones had been commonly around in 2009, I would have taken a picture of her face. I found out from weekend crew it took her almost an entire day to do it herself. This was the first of many times she found out that fun way that about half the tasks I did under the old regime were technically not required by my work position. I just did them when I had extra time to help a boss I respected. I think this is pretty much the biggest nightmare when you get a new manager or boss in, because one that you've been there for a while with, you've at least grown to have some level of rapport and familiarity working with them, right? This new person, let alone potentially being a jerk, will likely make all the same mistakes the other boss or manager did trying to figure out how anything works, and maybe try to force their square peg through the circle hole regardless. This next story is, attend a mandatory interview for a job they don't want? In my late teens, I worked for the job center. I was sitting in, observing an employer interviewing for warehouse jobs. 
My role was to confirm the attendees were responding seriously rather than to just keep getting benefits. My checklist was specific, just a numbered list with check yes or no did they answer X question in full. 15 questions, nothing personal about the client like how they present themselves or the content of their answers. We had one client who had been unemployed since before my birth, Mr. P. Not incapable of working, he just didn't want to. Nice enough chap and very well educated. Sadly for him, he'd be informed that if he didn't attend this job interview, his benefits would cease for 26 weeks. In he trots to his mandatory interview. It obviously had been raining because it was rather soggy and smelled like when you opened a tent that's not been used for a long time. He's wearing full camo gear, a baseball cap saying, bad girl looking for a good time, whilst pulling a shopping trolley filled with newspapers wrapped in twine. He's also wearing leather sandals with socks. He proceeds to remove his sandals and very wet socks, wrung them out over the carpet, and carefully place the socks on the radiator. By this point, the interviewing manager's chin is on the floor, and I'm trying not to look anywhere but my own lap in case I start laughing. This guy answered all the interview questions perfectly normally, but interspersed the time between questions with comments like, I just picked a raspberry seed from between my teeth. The last time I ate any was a good six months ago. Just as they were about to end the interview and I'm internally congratulating myself on keeping my face neutral, he groaned, rubbed his knee, and announced his cervix had a cramp. I lost it and had to leave the room. He didn't get the job. He also kept his benefits. For some reason, the employer began using a recruitment agency for their vacancies not long afterwards. Rip Mr. P. Well done on beating the system for so long. Apparently Mr. P. wasn't homeless and didn't have any mental issues. That's just how he was. Pretty crafty though with the radiator. Work smart, not hard, especially when you're all soggy and wet, I suppose. Our next story is, take all my stuff and move out? I'll take all my stuff and move out. This happened seven years ago, a month after my dad died. My mom and I got a message from her sister Linda saying she wants the house her and mom got together. Before this, they had a cordial relationship and my mom had spent quite a bit to make the house better. She also bought all the furniture for it. My dad was in and out of hospitals and our finance was not well. Dad's insurance kept trying to bilk on the payments. We had to borrow money and even sell some of our things to get by. The house was used by Linda's youngest daughter, and she apparently got someone to either rent it or buy it, so she told my mom to take her crap and get out. My mom was not the type to rock the boat, and broke as we were, we managed to get a moving truck and some helpers. Now, my dad taught me to keep records and receipts, so I still have the receipts for the items my mom bought in and out of the house. Linda and her ilk looked smug and tried to make a spectacle of us packing up. Then she started getting angry when everything was getting packed. The fridge, TV, sink, cabinets, plates, picture frames, beds, mattresses, and everything else went in the truck. Every time Linda protested, I'd show her the receipt and she had to let us go. Halfway through, she just gave up and sulked away. When we were done, the house was bare. I wanted to take the tiles off, but mom wasn't going to be that petty. The house was left bare and unused until Linda gave it to my mom for pennies. This wasn't the first nor last time Linda's greed made her burn bridges. She once quit her job and borrowed over a hundred thousand because she thought she had a buyer for her land. 
She expected to get millions but got nowhere near that price. She now lives in a hut and can't get any good jobs because of how many bridges she burnt. The ones who wanted to rent or buy it expected it to be furnished. Linda, or as I like to call her now, Sally Bridgeburner, is the type to count her chicken before they hatch. She didn't expect my mom or I to take everything that was ours. The only thing left after we were done was an old cabinet and their clothes. What I mean by sold for pennies was because the house was in the boonies. It was fully furnished and looked nice, so once that was gone, no one was interested in an overpriced barebones house. Linda couldn't rent it out because she was charging three to four times more than she should, and when she tried to sell it, she wanted way more than what people were willing to pay for it. She was expecting millions when she'd get at the most three hundred to 400000 for it. Also, I'm from the Philippines. There's nothing more heartwarming than when a relative passes and another relative immediately scoots in to try to profit off of whatever assets are left to try and flip them to make a big buck for themselves. It's really reaffirming stuff in your own flesh and blood. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.